If you know me at all, you know that debt is my bread mm -hmm. and danger my butter. Oh, no, danger's my bread and death is my butter. I'm sorry. No, no, wait. Danger's my bread. Death? No, death. No, I'm sorry. Death is my... Death and danger are my various breads and, and various butters. Mm -hmm. I guess I can say this is episode 52 of Various Breads and Butters. I'm Simon Tonnet. With me, as always, is Ben Brickhouse-Cohen and our producer, Renan Sequitur-Dinser. And this is episode 52 of Various Spreads Did you want to try butters. Roman numerals again? That would be L-I-I. Lee. Lee. And you can always, I like to say this at the top of the show and the bottom of the show, you can always follow us at some later date on Twitter or just email us at butters at gmail.com. Yeah, so it is episode 52, and we're very happy to have our guest this week, Professor Jen Rossman of the Mechanical Engineering Department. Mm -hmm. Not only of the department, but chair of the department. She's in charge of it. Do we say chair anymore? I thought we said head now of the departments. We do say head. We yeah. do. Ben. I thought it said on the poster, like right out in the hall. What's the, what's the reason for that change? Why is head better than chair? I have no idea. No, that either. sounds like a But we say department head. Department head. I think, I think maybe because chair is short for chairman, and... You know, at, at one time, there were only men serving as chairs of various things. And I now, thought they went to chair because then you didn't have, then it was not gendered. But then chairs. It, it had already solved the problem. Yeah, chair is sort of a dumb word <laughs> for, a, for like a person. Jen's here. Welcome, Jen. <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? Yeah, good. <laughs> we had, so Jen is a mechanical engineer. Mm -hmm. One thing we can't talk about, because um, I'll have to lay down on the floor, I'm squeamish, is anything about blood flow. Oh, me too. Now, have you always been that way, or did you get more that way as you've gotten older? No, I've always been that way. I've I've gotten more that way as I've gotten as I've gotten older. I passed out in sixth grade when we did the little blood test in, in science class. Oh yeah! Wow. Oh. So I come by and honestly. So we're not going to talk blood flow. Okay. Which is my primary research area. Right. So that's okay. Just cut that out of the conversation. <laughs> okay. The thing you spend most of your time doing. Do you think you're an established expert in? Yeah. Could you change that? For my sake. Yeah, Could I change my primary research yeah. area in order to accommodate Ben's sensitivities? Yeah. Certainly possible. Well, okay. we can work euphemistically, in, or I don't even have to refer to it. Let's just work around the edges. Where, tell me how you gained this uh, primary research expertise. Where, where did you start doing the work of which we will not speak? <laughs> well, it started at a place where many un things that should remain unspoken uh, happened, which is Berkeley, mm. um, which is where I went to school. Um, and so in graduate school, I started working with a really, truly wonderful PhD advisor, Stan Berger, who sadly passed away last year, um, who was connected to the UCSF Medical School and the VA Hospital, where they had many people who were, who were working with really urgent, dire, life and death situations uh, involving whether atherosclerotic plaque might rupture oh, and, wait, ben, and are cause okay? problems. Are you okay with this so far? I'm just kind of like... I'm not really paying attention. Okay, good. He's getting kind of pale. He actually. is a little bit. I'm thinking uh, of other paler, things. Paler. Yeah. Let me know when I'm, I should be jumping in. Got it. <laughs> so, anyway, that's how it's it all started. I suppose. And you went to you arrived at Berkeley from from where did you grow up? Um, doing... all over. I grew up all over. So I was very itinerant as a child. That was not my choice. Uh, I didn't like hit the rails or anything. But my parents uh, moved every four or five years, so I was perpetually the new girl. And again, Simon, mm -hmm. many Jennifers, yeah. each new location. Mm -hmm. So constantly, uh, and, and, oh, here comes Jennifer. Yeah. Which Jennifer? The yeah, new yeah. one. Yep. 
Right. This is the point where we could have, if the podcast had taken a different direction mm-hmm. way earlier in the series, now we're on episode 52, it's, it's too late to shift gears. But I, I thought earlier that what we could do every episode is imitate the style of a different podcast. Mm-hmm. So this is where I would just go all Marin and we'd say, what did your father do? And what did your mother do? And where are your people from? And we would do that for 25, 30 minutes. So we're not going to do and that. And then I would ask you if you know Lauren Michaels. <laughs> yeah. And so um, we won't do that. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, and we, we, we've already dabbled with that with the person before asking a question, treading on Paula Tompkins' territory. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Now we can, we can make it seem like that was on purpose. Oh, yeah. That was in our face when we were going to imitate a different style every time. <laughs> so as long as we don't actually air this part, then people won't know any better. Right. The ruse will still be on. Good, good. I uh, hope we have some control over that. Good work, guys. Now, fortunately... Uh, a different uh, area that I think you might know and answer have the answer to mm-hmm. um, was a, a listener question, um, and I saved this so I could ask you: Why do jets leave white trails in the sky? <laughs> you do, do you, you are know? Funny. <laughs> it's it's called chemtrails, and they're there to um, poison us. And uh, I think it's there's a lot of mind reading. I Simon, believe Simon, your tinfoil hat has slipped a I little think, bit. I think okay, put maybe it, not. Put it back on. Okay, more firmly. Perhaps step back from the chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs> why, well, why don't you explain what you think it is? So, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> if you have any insight into Just this. sort of an amateur uh, opinion, you yeah. know, that like mm-hmm. they might uh, be coming out of the jets when a jet exhaust comes out and it's uh, it's really hot and it's full of particulate matter, but it's also spinning, right? So at the, at the center of the spinning fluid, there's super low pressure. And at sites of low pressure, you tend to have some... Uh, let's call it condensation Mm -hmm. around those particles that we've stuck in. So now we have condensing water vapor out of the air in these uh, sort of little spinning cores of fluid. So it's a condensation trail. Simon, sorry. Um, So contrail. I guess. It's basically the same idea as when you're, it's a cold day and you like, you know, you can see your breath. Mm -hmm. Same thing. You're seeing the the airplane jets. So that is a legitimate explanation. I mean, it it also controls the weather, (laughs) right? And, And they can read my mind. Well, earlier in my career... You need to be more specific about who they is, okay. and then we can okay. talk. Well, I, I don't actually want to talk about that <laughs> Fair enough. on the podcast. Fair enough. Earlier in my career, when I'd be near chemical plants and people would ask about pollution, almost always the answer was, that's just steam. <laughs> yeah. that's, I, I, I also got, that's where clouds are made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, right, condensation. Condensation. Right. Yeah. We introduced Jen as the head... Well, I introduced her as the chair, yeah. as the head of the uh, Department of Mechanical Engineering, mm-hmm. accomplished scholar, leader in the field of uh, mechanical engineering, blood flow. <laughs> Not that I'm going to talk about it, but also an accomplished novelist, short story writer, fiction writer, mm-hmm. uh, awarded, m- many times published. Jen, you're a writer. True. What kind of fiction are you drawn to? Um. You know, uh, the good stuff. Um, (laughs) What can I say? I read uh, pretty widely, mostly literary fiction. I realize my my world is relatively small because my Twitter feed in the last six months has been almost entirely Elena Ferrante and Jonathan Franzen. And uh, I don't know, Jonathan Franzen, you know, like... (laughs) Purity, you're excited? I'm I'm excited no. to see what happens next. I mean, he's like uh, he's like the Trump of the literary world, right? <laughs> he's like you don't know what's going to happen. What's what's going to come out of his mouth, but it's certainly going to 
be orthogonal to what you would like him <laughs> to say. You're like, I just, he's a guy I want to just have him place the book in front of me and just walk away. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to him about the book. I don't want to hear why he made those choices or, right. or what he considered doing in his personal life to help him write this book better. I want him to just do you wanna, go uh, away. I wonder you, if that Trump reference will work in uh, when this episode comes out. Do you mean you should have said President Trump? Oh, I should have said President <laughs> Trump. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> right. Good call, Renan. Thanks, Renan. Going against your non-sequitur brain. Yeah, that was totally <laughs> that was right sequitur. On. Yeah, pro-sequitur. Would you, uh, Jen, would you care to venture perhaps a top three of the year that you've read? Top three of the year that I've read. So, uh, still anticipating Franzen, of course, which may trump them all. Oh, dear. But <laughs> so far, I have to say I really liked the second Elena Ferrante book. And with the caveat that I didn't like the first one very much. And it took me about 300 of its 305 pages <laughs> to, to become compelled by it. And what um, was that book called? Have you... you the Neapolitan I'm trilogy, a, which is now a tetralogy, I guess. I'm um, a comic book reader. <laughs> the second one was called um, "The Story of a New Name." Mm-hmm. So these books are about it's an Italian author, two Italian girls uh, who grew up in Naples and whose lives are both connected by a lifelong friendship and divergent because of different choices um, that they and people in their lives make. Anyway, the second book I really enjoyed. Um, I've also really liked Station Eleven. Have you guys read that? Yes, I did read that. Um, Emily St. John Mandel. Post-apocalyptic. That, I mean, in a good way or bad way? Yeah. In a, in a not lame way. I actually don't have a good description for why it works, but I thought it was very successful and not what I thought it was going to be. Less or more depressing than Cormac McCarthy? Less depressing. Oh, good. It, I don't know if it's possible to be more depressing. No. I, yeah, I couldn't finish. I, I couldn't get halfway through the road. I had to. I had to stop that. <laughs> and, I, and I'm only talking about the movie at this point. Yeah, there's, there's no, no way, way I was going to see the movie. No. Did you just watch clips of that as well? Or I, I watched the whole movie because when I hear post-apocalyptic, I'm thinking Mad Max. I'm thinking right. like cool stuff. That was terrible. I mean, I'm sure it was a good filmmaking, but man, that was such a bummer. Hard you, to watch. You Hard found Mad watch. Max comforting then? Well, I mean, actually, I haven't seen the new Mad Max, but, I've heard, but I've heard good things yeah, about it. Visual spectacle. Um, I, not necessarily comforting, but not nearly as depressing. But is it that that like mm. the Mad Max post-apocalyptic? That stuff is so it, it's there's no register of realism in it that makes you I think that's worry at it. all. Yeah, and like Cormac mm-hmm. McCarthy, that that variety is there's two there's plausibility yeah. all throughout it. Yeah. So on Station Eleven, I guess had a plausibility all throughout it, but um, it didn't take a Cormac McCarthy turn. It really doesn't, and it's it's one it and um. What was the other one? Find Me by Laura Vandenberg. Both of those kind of have apocalyptic elements, but they sort of hold them at arm's reach and uh, and focus on the human effect of those tragedies rather than how many zombies per minute are going to be going down. Mm-hmm. Sorry yeah. if that disappoints you. But that's well, I, I, I think besides comic books, the other genre I like to read are novels based on movies so novelizations of movies <laughs> so it's got to have like the the glossy pictures yeah. inside of yeah right. yeah so well, so that's part of it well and so an example of a, a, a recent episode of ours with jason alley which um we called the alley app which uh is a uh, a pun on alley-oop which i thought was a I've basketball reference mm-hmm. um simon um was making a comic book reference comic book reference little to my knowledge mm-hmm. is that gasoline alley well no it's no. a no a- alley oop was a uh, a comic book of a, of a like a caveman really yep check it, twitter is it canadian i don't i don't think so 
do uh, we'll check go go on Wikipedia, Renan, and 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 see. But I I don't think it I don't think it's Canadian. I think it's have think you it's uh, have you ever read um do you ever get into science fiction fantasy stuff fantasy sometimes but I like to know that's what I'm about to read. So I think you and I talked about David Mitchell's last book, Bone Clocks, yeah, which sort of and he's got another one coming out too. Veers that, good lord, how is that possible? I don't know. Well, I'm now ashamed of my life choices. <laughs> Well, I think that's his job. <laughs> How have I squandered my time today? Um, anyway, uh, I, I like, uh, I don't mind science fiction fantasy. It's not my first choice, but I like to know what I'm getting into. I don't Good. like it to, to surprise me in a book I thought was going to be something else. I think my most recent tried a novel, because like I said, I like comic books, was um, American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. That was interesting, but it was a little too weird. And the only reason that I actually read it was because I heard HBO was going to do a, uh, a, a treatment on it. And, um, and, and they are. So there's something about, about reading a, a lot of this stuff that I'm, I'm like, it's almost like a guessing game. Like I want to see it in my mind and right. then I want to see what someone else thinks about it. Well, uh, it feels like I should um, do our quiz because it's related to this. Sure. Oh. You, would you, are you up for the quiz? Okay. This is the real or not quiz of the week <laughs> okay. or of the episode. And this week's Real or Not quiz is, are these real literary journals or not? <laughs> Ooh. I like this one. And Did you do your research in the library? I'm not going to reveal Who my sources. To, okay. Some, some of these quizzes are strongly favor the guest, and some of them um, absolutely do not. But this one favors the guest, Uh-oh. since she has published literary fiction in journals. So you're going to make me and Renan look stupid. Stupider. So, so it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. I got a bunch here. We can move through them if they're they're uh okay. if they're slogging but all right you ready yeah first one is called the biscuit biscuit sounds real i think because well, I, like well biscuits are real or not but i don't know <laughs> <if that's, laughs> well, i mean we're no one's no one's arguing that i'm i'm gonna say no no you used the biscuits in a minor league baseball team in a previous episode and i think that's where you're getting that from so i'm gonna say no shaking my finger at you wow dr rossman I'm I'm not uh, as convinced, but I I will say no because I know of one called the toast, and I'm thinking he's just sidling right up. You're to that all trying to figure out the game maker. That's his mind. <laughs> That's his mind. Uh, it is. It is a journal. Uh, the biscuit that? is a journal. Okay. Mm. So they're all y'all. <laughs> wow. We 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 got shown. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next one. One hundred words. Reminds me of uh, Twitter. That's 140. 140 characters. I know. Characters, but you right. know, like they're both numbers. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Sorry, 100 words. I'm gonna say no. I would. I would think maybe a thousand words might be a more apt title. You're not gonna crack wise about how that would just be a picture. No, I I, I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I set that up for you. And and look at all the groans that that got. <laughs> You've done it in the past. Why all of a sudden is it on me? Well, because because the joke's done. The joke's Jen, done. 100 words. <laughs> I'll say sure. I'm saying no. Yes, it is one. Uh-oh. Oh man! All right, next one. Mm-hmm. The MacGuffin. I'm trying now. Now <laughs> I'm trying to. to, to now <laughs> you're trying to read the guest. I'm trying to read the guest. I'm trying to read the host. I'm a very poor poker player, so that should be. I'm going to say easy. yes. Go for the extra point and observe and guess that she's published in it. Yes. <laughs> you guys are good. Well, you guys are good. All right, Dire Wolf. Sounds real, I think. No, that sounds like a band that opened for some shittier band. Mm, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna <laughs> say. <not. laughs> Do you mean they got screwed and they were the better band? 
but their name was so bad. No, I think I think they were both terrible. But oh. but but the band they opened for was even more terrible. So that's a no from Jen. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. We're not. I said no. No, yeah. did I say yes? I forgot what I said. It doesn't matter. It's not one. Okay. <laughs> but, but what about Night Train? Night Train. Ooh. I, th- I think it sounds like a entry to the uh, journal, not the journal itself. Oh, like like a story, oh. mm-hmm. a Guns N' Roses story, maybe. <laughs> um, Cold November Rain, Night Train. <laughs> um, isn't that a Guns N' Roses song? I don't know. I know Night Ranger's a band. I like how how quickly, how swiftly Jen's poker face improved. <laughs> okay, then it is it is a real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> well, I became aware that I was being watched, and that was <laughs> that was skillful. Another one in which she has published. Wow. All right, how about toasted cheese? Yes. Wait, how do you toast cheese? Oh, actually, you can. There are um, kinds of cheese that don't melt. They, uh, like, you can grill it, and it's very good. You're on point today, Renaud. <laughs> this is a guy with true artisanal cheese experience. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I'm still going to say no. Jen, toasted cheese? No, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it is a journal. It is a journal. Toasted wow. cheese? Yep. Also, good morning show name. Yeah. How about uh, how about Stella Blue? No, see, th- I know enough about you to think that Stella Yellow is actually a journal or something. That, but <laughs> Blue is not. <laughs> That's a Steely yeah. Dan song, right? Ooh, I'm gonna say no. Then definitely no. Deacon Blue is the Steely Dan song. No. I have no idea. So you're listening to her now. Yeah, you're so easily swayed. I really it am. is not a journal <laughs> that, that I know of. I recognize her expertise. I'm just listening to her. Really, there are so many that. How All about, of the ones you're saying no could have been started in the time we've been talking that's here. Right. And if they're accepting submissions, I may need to excuse that, myself and send them something. Yeah. How about do not look at the sun? <laughs> I think that's, that's just that's just good life advice. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say no. I want that to be, so I'm going to say yes. Renan, tiebreaker? <laughs> I'm going to say no. It, it is one. Oh, Ooh. sweet. How about, uh, how about this one, the James Franco review? <laughs> Is it people reviewing James Franco? Is it on Tumblr? <laughs> is another question. <laughs> no, is it? I mean, are they? Or it would be people reviewing James Franco. You or James know how Franco these quizzes go. Things? I can't give you any extra information. Um, I'm going to say no. He, although, although he's very talented, and I'm sure he could have his own literary journal if he wanted to. It's it's real. What? Totally legit. I Though I have not published in it, nor. Have I written anything about it? As I understand it, it was started by two James women Franco. who were, well, no, two women who were um, questioning. Someone had said, oh, you know, just submit this anonymously. You have a, a better chance or submit it under James Franco's name. He gets published. And wow. so it got them to question that of why, why is that the case? Why, so, if he submits it, it would get published. So they just decided to call their, their magazine the James Franco Review. Has he written for it? Do we know? I doubt it. Although it seems like something he would do. He totally would do that. Yeah, I can't say that I know the journal very well. I think he's got a degree from every college now in the United States. Or at Not least that's his mission. Lafayette. Yet. <laughs> Yet. How about China Cat Sunflower? Nope, those are just jumbles of words. <laughs> uh, doesn't sound right. right. Um, We're not an answer, but it was no, it's not. Huh. Good to know. You, you, I was glad. trying to ferret out if anybody, if anybody here was a dead fan, because every fake one is a Grateful Dead song. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> wow. You got close with uh, Steely Dan. You I know, guess we're not. And then Renan, you pointed out not. that one was a song. They were all songs. Remember, all right. remember, it's breadheads, not deadheads. Yeah, our followers are breadheads. 
Did you know the novelist? Did you know the novelist J. Robert Lennon was from Easton Review? That's what it's called. That was the whole thing. That's the name of the job. <laughs> <laughs> did you know the novelist J. Robert Lennon is from Easton Review? I don't want to ask any follow-ups to that. You know, he's terrific, and I, I hate that you're disparaging him in this way and making it comic. Do you not know that he's, he actually is from Easton? It's true. That's What did he write? <gasps> Seriously? I know his comic short books. stories. You know, he has a novel called The Funnies about a comic book, yeah. about a family. Is Iron Man in it? I'm really oh, big don't get me started on Iron Man. Why? Oh no! Really? Uh, I'm Are not sure. This? I don't. I don't know. Go uh, it. Go for it. Uh, other so books. Okay, I go ahead. I love Iron Man. Okay. However, uh oh. <laughs> here's something I do. First day of every class that I teach, I ask my students, "Who is your engineering hero?" You know why I do this? <laughs> um, because you want to know if they're going to say to Tony, find Tony to Stark. find your favorite student, See, that's and the then uh... no. See, some of them do say me, which I just <laughs> think is. You know, poor form. Oh, you know, I thought I it's thought apple were... polishing, and it's premature. It's mm-hmm. only the first day of class, they so they know don't you. know that I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm asking them because I want to know why they want to be engineers. What okay. has inspired them to be engineers? It would be totally legitimate for them to say, "I want to, my my engineering hero is Jules Verne because mm-hmm. he showed me you know things that he could imagine that sure. I want to make real." Whatever. It's yeah, possible. Well, know, like, it doesn't matter because okay. none of them say Jules Verne. Most of them say Tony Stark. Some of them hmm. say, oh, Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, Steve Jobs, the guy who invented air conditioning gets a lot of votes. Yeah. But really, it's it's Tony Stark. So Tony Stark is awesome, is a rock star, what about, uh, the is Tesla not guy? a good engineer. He's fictional too. He also fictional, but I don't care about that. Okay. I would have said MacGyver if you'd asked me my first day of college. What Now, why isn't he a good engineer? Because he doesn't collaborate. Because good engineering is collaborative and is empathetic. Good engineering says, let me look at a person and let me understand them in their context and let me do something that could help them. How might I help them? He collaborated with that guy in the cave to get out of the cave. You know what I'm looking, (laughs) you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking looking forward forward to to the first time somebody, a professor, Mm. assigns this podcast as homework. I don't. Uh, uh, under, why do you assume that hasn't already happened? Yeah, and under what auspices <laughs> would they do that? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that would. I if they assigned this podcast as homework, I would think that that would that would reflect poorly on them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you've you've made you've made a good argument why Tony Stark might not be a very good engineer, even though he did work with that guy in the cave that one time. That but, one time, um, the most people say. Um, the guys in Apollo 13, the, the ground crew, who oh, yeah. have to, you know, what's in this box? We got to build stuff out of this box that's going to save lives. That was cool. That's engineering heroism. Yeah, yeah. That's legit. But but you can find engineering heroes in sort of non-engineering context. Could you recommend any good novels with engineers in them? There's lots of good novels with engineering in them. A bunch of my friends, and maybe you've read this, Simon. Have you read The Martian? Oh, um, my favorite podcast, <laughs> just uh, Hello Internet. They were talking about the Martian in the last, like, probably, like, at a total of two hours. They talked about the whole thing. Wow. You know, throughout episodes. They gave me a very, like, even though I didn't read the whole thing, they gave me a really good impression of how the book's like. And the movie as well. And I decided not to watch the movie or read the book. Why? Um, I heard that the whole book was full of numbers. Like, they literally, 
the guy, one of the guys on the podcast, CGV Gray, was like flipping the book while counting the number of numbers on that page. Oh, this is a Matt Damon movie that's going yep. out. It yes. is coming up. Now so, I future guest so for the show. Here's the callback is that <laughs> is that Simon likes to read novelizations of movies. Mm-hmm. This is retroactively, you know. Uh, so I think it's worth a read. Mm-hmm. The reason I brought it up is what I have heard from my friends who have read it is it's basically a novel length version of that scene in Apollo 13 where they have the box of stuff and yes. say we've got to build something out of this. They said the that will exactly. do this. Um, and so you know, there are, I have friends who are really excited for a book or movie that does that. That yeah. seems interesting. I will say, back to your original question, Ben, a friend of mine, Christian Kiefer, wrote a book called The Infinite Tides, which is about an engineer astronaut. And it is a really good book about an engineer astronaut. Yeah. Um, it's not about engineering. There's no numbers in it. Right. But I'm, I'm just reassuring your producer that there's no numbers <laughs> in the book except those well, that now, label the pages. Do they cheat? by writing out the numbers. Because <laughs> that's a way to get around Renan's criticism. Well, again, I said it's the infinite tides, right? So we're, we're talking beyond numbers. Okay. If, yeah. if you will. Makes sense. All right. Makes Asked sense. and answered. Yeah. I forgot to ask uh, after the literary journals. Uh, I had asked earlier about um, uh, maybe a top three novels of the year. And then I was wondering if you had a sense of what do you think that the best or the the three literary journals that you enjoy the most are? Oh, that's easy. Good Tin House? Tin House is up there. I would say One Story is my absolute favorite. I love getting one. It's, it's what, as you might guess from the name, you get one story every three weeks in a little chat book. And I mean, I don't, we talked about earlier about things that have websites and are online. I don't, Do you get I don't it in love mail? reading literature that way. I love that I get this in the mail, yes. Oh, that's nice. And it's, an, it's a nice little packet that I can tuck in my pocket and have with me a, a nice self-contained story um, that comes, and it's, it's lovely. They also have a young adult version, one teen story. Hmm. So them, Tin House, and hmm, there's, there's many, many, many deserving ones. Maybe uh, we should change our format and then send a uh, cassette tape each three weeks. That'll that would be bold. That seems efficient. Maybe we get mini cassette tapes. I think they're on sale. Yeah. Can we get, uh, make sure they're Maxell XL2. Mm-hmm. We'll buy some answering machines. They usually come with extras. So you're saying that it's hard. The, the top two, you got you routed off quickly, but there's so many contenders for the number three. There's a lot of contenders for the top three, and things things pop up all the time. And you know, an editor might have just really finger or her finger on the pulse of what you want to read at that time. And so like I was reading electric literature obsessively for a while. And I don't look at it so much anymore. That's a really good one. That's a journal? That's a journal. <laughs> That's a real journal? It's a real journal. We both, we all um, said no. Yeah. Really? In the quiz. Right. And then I'll... No, I don't know that one. Okay. So that's a good reference. And I'll say, I mean, the New Yorker is good, but they're not, they're not generally discovering new writers the way that I like to <laughs> in my reading. Um, so it's not really a thrill in the same way to open it up and go, oh, Alice Munro. <laughs> right? right. like, I sort of she landed knew the story. that she was a, a god among even, us. Even I've heard of her. <laughs> well, it's kind of like having so, the feeling of, um, it's sad to see the passing of John Updike because he's so productive, but there must have been such a relief of like 600 story slots just opened up each week. True. Because he's no longer filling all those gaps. He's not all placing his stories everywhere. Now, I'm, I'm actually curious, and this might sound like a dumb question, but I'll ask it anyway. So, a literary journal versus 
a book that you get from Amazon or at the mm-hmm. bookstore of short stories. Now, now, why would you publish in one but not the other? Is it is there because they because the literary journals come out more often? You can have more short stories, or like, what? Why would an author choose to publish in a literature literary journal versus publish? Well, I mean, there are people like me who are going to subscribe to literary journals mm-hmm. and and who are going to be looking to discover all kinds of new voices. And oh. so each issue of a journal might have 20 to 30 new writers in it, if, if they include poetry too, even more. Mm-hmm. So, so you're discovering these new voices, you're hearing new kinds of stories, whereas if you buy a book of 12 stories by the same author, you're discovering that author yeah. and what that author has to say in the world. And now as to which you would prefer as an author, uh, I would say, yes, I would prefer both of those things to be happening all the time. Um, but, you know, you send it out and you're in literary journals, you're sending out to an editor uh, and a staff who are working super hard. Usually it's like their third or fourth job to run this journal oh. because they love stories versus for a book you're submitting to an agent and then an editor and the, the industry sure. right and so there's also kind of a, a different sensibility maybe in, in what you're doing also um journals are a great way to uh build up nice looking libraries because they're they look the same way so that too you know like you can put them next to each other and then be like look how consistent i am at purchasing these journals that was whenever we would go on vacation as a child, I'd be so happy that wherever it was, they always had a shelf full of National Geographic. Oh, yeah. And like, and last... The, the yellow binding. Yeah. The last time I saw that was, they had issues way back to like the 40s. There, I saw the issue when they were talking about, oh, should we, uh, should the United States get Hawaii as the 49th straight? No, 50th straight state? 50th. 50th. Yeah. And they were discussing that in like, whatever year it was. Well, on the literary point... um it's going to be bad form for us to try to recite cartoons that are in the New Yorker. <laughs> Usually they're not funny in the actual magazine, let alone retelling them. But one of them struck me because I liked, I saw one and it's a woman at a bookstore asking the clerk, do you have anything on the white male experience? I saw that one. Mm. <laughs> Edgy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 but I think I, it goes to the point of, us back you to find Franzen. new voices and, uh, you know, are you going to stick with the same ones? Yeah. Or? Who's getting placed in the New Yorker? Right. You know, you can find a variety. So sure. I was, I was hopefully, I, I meant to lightly poke fun at the constant trope of literary journals by talking about how they're all about publishing daring new voices mm-hmm. that press the boundaries of conventional fiction um, because they can't possibly all be doing that. Yeah. But they all say that they are. <laughs> and I, and by the way, I was by no way, no way uh, picking on J. Robert um, Lennon. Good, because do not pick on him. <laughs> well, we want to get him. I wonder if he's ever come back. You should bring him in. Friend, you didn't say. Why don't I? I actually don't Found know who he is. Future guest. J. Thanks, Robert thanks, Lennon. Man. Thanks, Bernard. <laughs> um, just like uh, Randall Monroe, the XKCD guy. Oh, yeah, he's oh. also from Easton. Is he what? Really? really? Oh, gosh. oh, Renan, oh, calm down. <laughs> are Are you telling the truth, or are you just? Um... I had uh, Jen. Were these your students? I had. There was a, a set of students who. Mm-hmm. We're asking me about how to get him to come speak. Oh, really? What? Yeah. We're not, let's, let's get they tried to speak. contact him for a, at great length and were never successful. Oh, I, I have a great, I have a great way of contacting people who are not contactable. Um, and then they respond. Do you call Bill Murray's phone? Do you have number? a podcast and mention their name? No, no. He'll know. Do you Wait, want me to tell you? Yo, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, is. This. He's also thirty years old. What you do is uh, you, you know, like one of those uh, new, you know, like this works for ge- geeky people. Mm-hmm. 
um, you send them like five bucks in Bitcoin, mm -hmm. you know, like at one of those money sending websites. Okay. And then they're like, who sent this? And then in the note part, you want, you write like a couple sentences of why you sent it. And it works because like they never, you, you wouldn't like delete that email. So you're buying their friendship. No, I'm not buying their friendship. I'm buying their attention. <laughs> no, they're not going to like you at all. Yeah. It's not about friendship. Oh my so God, his his cartoon has one of those guys. I mean, his signature has uh, the XKCD guy in the end. Um, but do we have to use Bitcoin? Is that what you're saying? I don't, mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, don't, I get, mean, don't get started on explaining Bitcoin, what, no, what like, Bitcoin is. Real dollars is kind of weird. It's like you're paying, like, but like Bitcoin's like, oh, geeky. Or like, you know, Dogecoin. Or like, whatever obscure cryptocurrency of uh, of your liking. I was, I was thinking, here's a question for Jen. Uh, on cryptocurrency, that reminds me of the, this chart that I like. I, I'm not sure of its um, validity or use, but the hype cycle for technology, mm -hmm. which I know that you know too. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever seen this? I think it's called like the Garter or the Gardener. Some guy mm -hmm. made it up. And it has the different phases of technological, of, of new technologies. There's okay. the onset phase, and then it, it rises. And there's a peak of absolute hype where it's super hyped. And then there's a trough after it where there's disenchantment. Mm -hmm. And then it ri some of them rise again and, and kind of level out because they stick. Most of them fade away and you don't even remember that they existed. Yeah. So some of them are pretty clear. Like uh, I would say uh, MOOCs were maybe two years ago. They were at the peak of the hype cycle. Uh, I think 3D printers are beyond the hype cycle. They had their year where every single thing that happened mm -hmm. was going to be 3D printer. And those are probably leveling out where they're actually remaining but yeah, things they're like gonna be useful in some way oh, thing, a magazine has that as a graph i forgot which one well and there's like the segway scooter thing oh, yeah. i think that was like early on like super hyped and i'm not really mm -hmm. sure that one panned out I don't think but so. cryptocurrency was on that chart too mm -hmm. I, and i think currently right now because i can't go a day without hearing a new story about it this year's hype is definitely the self-driving car hmm. that's at the peak of its hype you I know our our friend and colleague mike niece friend of the show future guest has uh, done some research and has actually been on radio talking about that stuff that's right so we've talked about it we have that's you nice have, foreshadowing guys do you uh, really set that up well jenna as a mechanical engineer do you have any thoughts on the self-driving car as a mechanical engineer no i mean i know people who have worked on this technology for decades i'm just so. guessing that you No, have, she doesn't agree well i'm just guessing, <laughs> i'm just guessing that you would have uh, more knowledge of the actual functioning of them whether or not that you're an automotive engineer, I'm not making that assumption. Mm -mm. But of all the four of us in this building, in this mm -hmm. room, it seems like this would have been coming up a lot longer in your career. It has been coming up and it's been, I mean, it's been of interest. And I, I knew people in Berkeley who were working on it and who were thinking about it originally as a way to prevent accidents, right? Because the car would somehow be more attentive or keep a safer following distance, that sort of thing. Right. And then the Google mapping thing sort of made these cars, I think, visible to people in lots of ways. And then people started seeing them on the road and realizing that sort of gets you away from the fear of like, oh God, what would that be like, a self-driving car? Because right. um, you've seen it in a sci-fi movie where something turned malevolent. I've, I've never seen one in real life. I guess it should be a Berkeley thing. How do you know you've never seen them in real life? <laughs> no, you really do see them on freeways, um, cruising along and on city streets. They, they are there. To me, it strikes me as an ideal example, not just because it's at the top of its hype cycle, but an ideal example of talking about engineering and engineering studies and science and technology studies. Because the arguments that I see that favor or tell us why we want these or why they're going to happen, I think are based on strong evidence about safety and about technical plausibility and about networking 
and about markets and how all that works. And I think that's all fine. But all those arguments are very, very narrow. They're all mm -hmm. presumed to, to be attack, um, approaching the question of, will these cars, cars work or not? And they don't really ask, why do we want these cars? And what else right. could we be doing to solve the problem that we think these cars are going to be doing? Right. Because I think of all the money that we, um, that we put into research for that, that every penny of that should be going towards research into public infrastructure and, and public transportation, which solves all the same problems that the self-driving car is presumed to be solving in terms of safety, in terms of efficiency, in terms of removing cars from the road. Mm -hmm. That's a big sales point for self-driving cars, uh, removing parking lots. You know, Most of our cars, 95% of the time, we're not using them. So uh, you might as well come up with a self-driving one that can do stuff on its own. And then we won't have as many parking lots and on and on and on. I feel like we're still subscribed to the um, the American way of living, the like the suburban, you know, um, greater distances between places. Like for example, think of um, Easton's Easton, a town in Pennsylvania, which we're recording this from. Um, Thank you for reminding good callback. <laughs> Easton's not like really a super suburban area. I think you can walk to uh, most of the places, but um, I feel like. It's not like it's not like a city where, for example, you can't live without a car in Easton, even though it's not a very you know super car requiring, super suburban-y, you know, like two miles between each house kind of place. You still can't live with, without a car because you uh, need to go to the grocery store. I'm aware that I raised this question so late in that this is like another one of those can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Well, so not to cut off uh, what is an interesting conversation, but Simon. Yes. We shouldn't escape without no. giving you the chance to to ask the Sunday Friday yes. Friday Sunday. Oh, no. the Friday that's Sunday my favorite question. part. The Friday Thanks Sunday. Thanks, Renan. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> have been calling. Do you want to make a jingle? In. I don't know. Maybe we could. Uh, Renan, work on that, please. I don't know if if you're musical at all, but give us give us a shot. Okay, Jen. You know this question. You understand the context of the question. Do you need me to repeat that? Well, maybe for the new listeners. For the new listeners, coming. I asked the very simple question. Of these two days of the week, which do you prefer? Do you prefer Fridays or do you prefer Sundays? The reason I think it's an interesting question is because people are typically working on Fridays, but not on Sundays. And yet, a lot of people, well, I'm not, I'm not going to bias it. So which of those two days do you We've prefer? We've had different answers. Yeah. <laughs> what team are you on? You can only choose one. I'm Team Friday. Team huh. Friday. Hashtag mm -hmm. Team Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that blows, uh, Renan had a running theme because... Yeah. Two people who said Sunday were female. Yeah, my uh oh. and I was well, concerned let's that maybe generalize then absolutely. <laughs> I was concerned that maybe two data points wasn't a significant uh, population to draw <laughs> such conclusions. Maybe not. <laughs> Get more data. Yeah, do you have do you have any comments on why you prefer is it is it has has it changed over your life at all? Oh, I'm uh, probably. Mm -hmm. But um truly I I look forward to the weekends and to uh, weekend activities, uh, increased time with my daughters, mm -hmm. and uh, I like to look back mm -hmm. on the week that has happened and the work that has been accomplished. And I like to spend part of Friday thinking about what will happen next week. But on Sunday, that has become more urgent. Mm -hmm. And I'm suddenly aware of pressures and deadlines and things that, that I can believe on Friday Yep. are still far in the future. A lot of so it's a, a delusional, it's a delusional thing, really, yeah. but I like this delusion. I yeah. feel, I was gonna, if, if she had said Friday, uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday. Yep, that's the one. I was, <laughs> I was gonna also make the argument, avid reader, avid reader guest, guests mm -hmm. who read a lot. 
and whom we talk about books with. Prefer Sunday? Prefer Sunday. That would have been a good theory had that actually happened. (laughs) (laughs) But it did not. It didn't happen. So I think as, as as future guests come on and we, I think we'll ask the question for quite a while. We can have a graph going. Well, we can, and I think it. Oh, we usually get a different kind of comment on it, and it's only the last few where we started to talk more about the dynamic of that Friday is a work day. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't say that the first few times. Yeah. So what we're saying is that we prefer, I think if you flip it around and make it a conversation about what it means, which days of the week do we like to work, or mm-hmm. how do we work, or what's mm-hmm. our work style? Like, the work style, or how you feel about being at your job or doing your job on a Friday is so drastically different than, you know, Monday or Tuesday. I don't think yeah. that's a outstanding topic or comment. Sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, I mean that, but that is a thing. I mean, most people don't work on Sundays and they do work on Fridays. And, and it depends on how they work, obviously, but... I'll tell you what would be interesting is when we get uh, um, Alex Hendrickson in. Future guest friend of the show? Yep. Oh. Co- college chaplain? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She does do she a lot might of her be work. Biased. She works on Sunday. A lot of work on Sunday. Well, let's, let's see what she has to say. I, I, um... I eventually would love to actually do this where I ask people the question and then give them something like the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Index and then just get all kinds of information on them. <laughs> it's a literary journal, actually. <laughs> yep. Look it up um, and and do that and then see how what, what correlates with, I'm, with I'm that. I'm envisioning when we have a live episode and there's an audience and it's live. just going to be this for an hour, Simon, like... Re- handing the microphone out to the audience <laughs> friday sunday <laughs> and you sir you're from kenosha thanks, yeah. thanks for coming friday or sunday i thought you were going to say that we'd have our guest i would bring the mmpi and the guest would just fill it out on air oh, that sounds just a lot of, yeah a lot of sounds of pencils filling out circles right. people love that like we did in some of the earlier episodes oh yeah oh yeah those earlier episodes the classic ones I will, I will uh, note on a personal note that uh, my mother-in-law is trained in psychology and counseling mm-hmm. And L- the listener f- of the show, uh, who isn't soon to be <laughs> <laughs> the first extended period of time I spent with her, she handed me the Myers Briggs test. Oh, okay, and oh. a sharpened pencil, <laughs> and said, "I'll wait." Wow. <laughs> and I, what was your result? I believed at the time, and have had confirmed that this was an absolutely a suitability test. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and had I scored improperly I, I don't know what her methods would have been wow. to remove me from the situation wow or perhaps to nudge me on a spectrum where to a more appropriate place i mean could but, she be still trying to remove you from the situation she just works slowly. that is true it could be a long a con long, yep it could be yep so um, just you know just you be paranoid tell, a little you, bit <laughs> are you gonna tell us your myers briggs oh i'm intj but i'm very close to the middle on most of those okay i'm intp I, I, I oh really? I'm ENTP. Well, aware. I've heard that when people take it again, I did this when I was probably 20. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and I think if I did it again, it might be different. I, I'm, I the, I'm the only person here with a PhD in psychology. I'm never <laughs> taking the Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you all frown on it? Like, oh, these pedestrian. You know, you know, we might, but I don't want to speak for psychologists. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've uh, done that, but uh, so yeah, maybe a lot of people have been putting their Myers Briggs result on their um, profiles, like oh. Facebook profiles. Uh, Have think, you seen that? That's a terrible trend. No, I, I think, think it's a terrible trend. Facebook too. passed its right. hype cycle. Actually, that, I was going to ask, isn't Facebook kind of... Oh, it did. Yeah. Like, I never go on Facebook hey, anymore. I'm on Yik Yak all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't come up in a while. That's where you can find me. Maybe well, I, the college succeeded since... at um, destroying Yik Yak. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's so weird that the college succeeded at destroying it from, did they? May, till, well, from May to August, so... 
Yeah. No, I think I think it might come back. Well, so I think this is probably a good time. <laughs> I think to wrap it's a good up. time. I think uh, we're good to go. I want to thank our guest Jen Rossman for thanks, for Jen. joining us today. Hey, uh, thanks. Remember, you can always follow us at some later date on Twitter or email us. Please email us with your comments. More and, and more, we like them rolling in. Yep, various spreads and butters at gmail.com. and uh, I think we're good. I think we're good. Headphones off. Headphones mm-hmm. off. Thanks, guys. I'm kind of disappointed you didn't laugh. I uh, I will say this: that's off limits for discussion, only because it was so terrible. Okay, you can cut this then. <laughs> I don't think so. It's going. This is going like gag reel. How much of this are you cutting? Who knows? I think we've got a good two three minutes so far. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>